At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is officially midnight Pacific time, and that means everyone in the continental 48 states is experiencing another wonderful college basketball Saturday. 105 games are on the board, so we're going to hit as many as humanly possible, give you guys picks, give you guys analysis, try to give you guys as many trips to the window right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, as it is the Greg Peterson experience. We have yet to hit on the big one that is going to be going down on this college basketball Saturday. Going to be one of the most unique games that we're going to see really in a long, long time in college basketball. How about the last in Cameron Indoor in this rivalry for a legend? 707-708 on the bang board. Duke going to be playing us in North Carolina. North Carolina is finding themselves as a rather sizable underdog here and the money. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. It's been coming in on Duke. Duke winds up opening up an 11.5 point favorite. You're not finding them anywhere between 11.5 and 12. And your tall on this game is 153.5. It's a spot in which I did why I'm saying North Carolina is an 11 point underdog and I thought I was being aggressive with this line. Duke is a team that is no doubt absolutely terrific. They do a nice job of being able to take care of the ball. 10.3 turnovers per game. They've been one of the top teams in all of college basketball in that regard. And you take a look at Paolo Boncaro. He's been playing some terrific basketball. Now this is able to give you right around 17 points, right around seven boards per contest. This is a Duke team that has been able to thrive with regards to their offense, especially with A.J. Griffin being able to do all that he does. But with A.J. Griffin, shoots over 50% from three-point range on the road. At home, he's still solid. That winds up falling to more around about 42-ish percent from three-point range. So Duke, with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis, this team is number five in all of college basketball. But you've also got a North Carolina team that they themselves have been able to do a very solid job with regards to their offense. Now, Defense has been optional for them. They're right around 180th with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis, but North Carolina, they're a team that they're right around 35th with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis, and they're a team that they're able to go bombs away from three-point range. You got a pair of guys that will be able to do a good job in R.J. Davis, coupled with Caleb Bluff. They both shoot right around 38 to 40% from three-point range. They have both been able to give you 15-plus points per game, so I do like what these guys are able to bring to the table. It's a North Carolina team that they're 29th in college basketball, three-point shooting percentage at 37.3%. Now their three-point shooting percentage falls more around 35% on the road, but still... 
relatively solid Brady Manic. This guy that stands right around six foot eight ish. He's been able to give you 13 and a half points per contest. Now, Johnson Garcia, this guy that has been faltering a little bit and just has not been out there in general. It's a guy that has been missing for about half the season for this North Carolina team. So that does wind up hurting them a little bit. And when it comes to this handicap, it's a little bit more unique than taking a look at numbers on a spreadsheet, taking a look at how these teams have played throughout the season because got to feel like commotion is going to be taking hold. There's a whole bunch of guys that Coach K used to coach that they are going to be out there on the floor towards the beginning part of the game. you got to feel like this is going to be a spot in which Duke is going to be feeling a little bit of pressure, not going to lie. If you're a guy that's on Duke, it's like, oh boy, this is Coach K's last game. We can't wind up letting this man down or anything like that. And typically when you're trying to not let someone down, you let someone down. I mean, that's just the way that it winds up going. Now, I think that Duke is going to be able to get this win outright. I certainly don't think that we're going to see an upset here from North Carolina, especially with North Carolina just having a little bit of a tough time doing not such a good job on defense. So what I will say for North Carolina is if you wind up having missed first shots from Duke. They do a good job on the defensive glass with regards to defensive rebound rate. So pretty much this is not allowing opponents to get a second chance. North Carolina actually ranks number two in all of college basketball. Opponents wind up getting a second chance on 18.8% of their misses. And on the road, they actually do rank number three in all of college basketball in this regard. Opponents on the road, they wind up getting 18.6% of their missed shots as an offensive rebound. So they've actually been able to do a very quality job there. That said, it's also been a defense that has been very, very murky. And, at, and with that, I do want to make my total a 155 in this spot. So it is certainly a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at this total over. But that said, I think that Duke gets the job done. Heck, I think that the Duke Blue Devils have a good chance to be able to win this game, but it double figures. I set my line at 11. I thought I was going to be aggressive with this regard. Turns out bookmakers are even more aggressive and, well, I think that we're going to be seeing quite a bit of money coming in throughout the day on Duke in this spot. I'm going to take 12 here with North Carolina. Set my total at a 155, so we're going to be taking a look at an over. I think that Duke could wind up coming out a little bit skittish in the first few minutes. I think that North Carolina could wind up putting a little bit of pressure on Duke by hitting a couple of shots late. And you've got Armando Baycott ranks in the top five in all of college basketball with regards to rebounds per game, right around 12 and a half boards per contest. They would get the team 17 and a half points per game, gives you a block and a half per game. So I do like this total over. And with North Carolina, I think that they're going to be able to hold in there enough to be able to cover the spread. I'm going to be willing to take a look at the points. Wound up getting a nice request for this one, and I love it. 641, 642 on the banging board. LaSalle is going to be hitting the road face off against Duquesne. The Dukes of Duquesne find themselves a 1 to 1.5 point underdog. Dawn's game is 13, 134 and a half from 135. It has been a very bad year for both of these teams. Between them, you've got over 35 losses, so that has not necessarily been too terrific. And for LaSalle, they had one of the more lucky wins that we've seen in all of college basketball this year a few nights ago against St. Joe's. They wound up being down by double figures. St. Joe's all of a sudden decided to not score. They had eight points in the final 17 minutes of the game, and from watching it, it wasn't because the LaSalle defense was necessarily barreling down the hatches and just doing an absolutely remarkable shutdown job. 
is because St. Joe's made like your buddy at the bar and could not close. Meanwhile, you've got a Duquesne team that they have not been good on offense. They're averaging 64.5 points per contest. So I do like what you've been able to get out of some of these pieces. You've been able to have Trey Williams down low, be able to give you right around two and a half blocks per contest. I think that he's going to be able to do a relatively solid job with this effort. You do take a look at what you're able to get out of the flip side where the Sosel team, Jabari Brickus, along with Jack Clark, both of these guys do give you right around 11.5 points per contest. Brickus is someone that has been relatively solid at being able to dish out the ball. Josh Nickelberry has been able to give you right around 11.5 points per contest as well. So these guys have been relatively solid. And then you take a look at Anwar Gill. Three assists per game. He's been good there. Clifton... Clifton Moore has been able to give you two and a half blocks, 13 and a half points, six boards per game. So both of these teams do have a relatively solid job plo shot blocker. But Tyson Acuff coming in off the bench for Duquesne, being able to shoot 40% from three, I think is critical because he hasn't been used a lot in a lot of these recent contests. We got a pair of teams that they are interesting tempo teams. Duquesne right around 220th in the country. LaSalle more around 140th. Christian Ray has been able to do a good job for LaSalle being able to give you right in the neighborhood of about seven-ish rebounds per game. But I do think that in the end, Duquesne is going to be able to get the job done. I did wind up saying them as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a LaSalle team that they just haven't been able to do a good job of being able to travel in general. You got a Duquesne team that has been rough for them on offense. On defense, they do rank outside the top 250 with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. And really, both of these defenses have been a little bit remiss with LaSalle. They do rank right in the neighborhood of about 225th with regards points a lot on a per possession basis as well. Neither of these teams necessarily doing a great job of being able to hit their threes. Duquesne is a team that's well outside the top 200 with regards points scored on a per possession basis. Take a look at the LaSalle team with regards to their three-point shooting percentage, 284th in all of college basketball, shooting sub-30% from three-point range in true road games, and it's a Duquesne team that they themselves are 328th in the country, and they shoot just 26.2% from three-point range in their home games with regards to the 358 D1 teams. The only teams that are worse at home at being able to shoot from three, Presbyterian, Cal Poly, and IUPUI. That is not company that you want to be with. So I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. Did mind saying my total at 133.5. I'm diving under, but I do think that Duquesne could be able to win from within. I think that they're going to do a solid job on the glass. So I'm going to take Duquesne here as a money line underdog, and I'm going to be taking a look at the under as well. When it comes to a little bit more of the early slate of college basketball, I do think that this ACC battle is going to be an intriguing one as you've got 639, 640 on the banging board. Virginia Tech finds themselves as a road favorite as they hit the road to face off against Clemson. Clemson's a three-point dog. Total on this game is 134.5. What has really been throwing Clemson for a little bit of a loop is the fact that you do have P.J. Hall, who's currently out with an injury. He's been able to give the team 15.5 points, five boards per game. Only well, shoots for the year about 32% from three-point range, but in home games has been shooting a little bit over 40% from three-point range. And this is a Clemson team that overall, they've been very good from three-point range for the season, shooting in the neighborhood of about 36.5%. From three-point range, you take a look at what they've been able to do in home games, and they have felt right at home as they shoot at home right around 39.9% from three-point range. And you've got a Virginia Tech team that they are one of the better three-point shooting teams that you're going to find in all of college basketball as well. They're shooting just below 40% from distance with regards to the 358 D1 teams. They're a team that they rank right in the neighborhood of the top 20 with this regard. And for Virginia Tech, it's been a team that has been able to travel relatively well. 39.3% three-point shooting at home, 39.1% on the road. Actually in the top five, I should say, in all of college basketball, the guards are three-point shooting percentage. 
And the big thing for Virginia Tech is that you've got two guys that rank in the top 15 with regards to overall three-point shooting percentage. Darius Maddox, coupled with what you've been able to get out of another gentleman who has been really able to put it in there from three-point range as well. Both of these guys have been able to do a nice job. Maddox is only giving you right around six to six and a half points per contest. So you could use a little bit more production there. Meanwhile, you take a look at what you were able to get a few nights ago out of a little bit. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college basketball season is in full swing. It's that time to grab a five-hour energy to stay alert and watch all your favorite games. Or if you're staying up late to see that intense overtime game, take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so that way you can energize your, your day. With zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine, it's perfect pick-me-up to get stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from with flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue, raspberry, and many more. There's a flavor for everyone. Get a 5-hour energy shot today as it is a great Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Might have been the most fitting read that has ever been read on this network by self-reading a 5-hour energy shot read. So that was absolutely terrific. With that said, we've got to be continuing on with these games as I'm giving you only three hours of energy here because we wind up going from 10 p.m. Pacific to 1 a.m. If you're out there on the East Coast, 1 to 4 a.m. So we've got you guys covered with all these games. How about if we wind up going with a little bit of mid-major fare here as we're going to go 731-732 on the betting board. Sacramento State, they're going to be in the road. They're going to be facing off against Montana. The Grizzles of Montana are finding themselves as a favorite in the spot of nine points. Toronto's game is anywhere between 133.5 and 134.5. It doesn't appear to it to the eye, but you've got some of the most demonstrative home and road splits in all of college basketball with regards to Montana. Missoula, Montana is a place I've actually been to once. Very nice area. Good people over there. And I can tell you right now, the defense of Montana is playing at home vastly different than it is on the road. By the way, Montana, they also shoot right around 80% of the free line. Top five in all of college basketball in that regard. But with Montana, with regards to points a lot on a per-possession basis, they rank right around 222nd. But you take a look at them at home. They are giving up, I am not even kidding here, 
18.1 points fewer per 100 possessions at home rather than on the road. That is a big giant split. They're going up against the Sacramento State team that is right around 280th in the country with regards to possessions per game. So a little bit more of a low and slow team. Sac State, they haven't necessarily been able to do a great job on defense themselves. Turn 84th in the country with this regard. Actually giving up fewer points per possession on the road than they are at home. So this is conducive a little bit more to an under. We got a Montana team that has been able to do a good job with having Josh Bannon, six foot nine combo player that comes in from Australia, give you 15 points right around eight boards. He's able to shoot in the high 30s from three point range. I like what you'll be able to get out of Cameron Parker from a facilitation standpoint. It's been a little bit more limited in recent games for the team, but guy that's able to shoot in the mid 30s from three point range actually set the D1 record for most assists in a game while he was at Sacred Heart before transferring over to Montana. And then you take a look at the flip side for Sacramento State. Bryce Feller, 15 points. Five boards, right around four assists. He's been rock solid. And you do have a pair of guys in... You do have a pair of guys out there in the backcourt. They're able to help out from three-point range. You've been able to have William Fitzpatrick be able to shoot about 40% from three-point range. Zach Chappell has been able to shoot right around 38-ish percent. They combined to be able to give you about... 18 or so points per game. And then you've got Jonathan Comingham down low being able to give you six and a half rebounds per game. But with Montana, I do think that the backcourt of them is going to be able to win out. Robbie Beasley is able to give you a double figure amount of points per game. He shoots in the mid 30s from three point range. John Carter Hollinger has been able to shoot right around 44% from distance. Not necessarily a prolific score, only about six and a half points per contest, but it's been able to come on a little bit more recently. I've got a lot of faith in this Montana defense at home. They're just a little bit of a different animal when they are out there in Missoula. Do you mind saying this total at a 129 as a result? I'm going to be taking a look at an under. And with this Montana team, I do mind saying them as an 11-point favorite. So I'm going to be willing to lay it here. I think that's intriguing what we're going to be getting out west. 727, 728, Boise State. Hits the road to face off against Colorado State. Colorado State find themselves a three-point favorite in your Toronto game. You're going to be getting it between 133 and 133 and a half with Colorado State. I do feel like they should be a more sizable favorite in the spot. Wind up saying Colorado State as more of a six to six and a half point favorite. So I'm going to be willing to lay it in the spot. When it comes to this Colorado State punch, they do a very good job with their offense. They rank in the top 20 with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. And a big reason why Isaiah Stevens, the guy that gives out fewer than two assists per game. Meanwhile, five assists per contest and when it comes to the Colorado State team, a top 15 team with regards to free throw shooting percentage. You shoot as collective 78.8% among your scores that give you at least three points per contest. You've got all but one of them shooting at least 75% at the charity stripe. They're going up against a Boise State team that they've really been able to come on towards the middle slash back half of the season. Tyson G. Genhart and his coming of age has been big for this team. He's been able to shoot 42% from three-point range. He has been able to do a relatively solid job. And then you've got Marcus Shaver Jr. along with Abu Kiab, who both give you right around 14 points per contest. And these guys shouldn't necessarily too terrifically from three-point range, but do have a Boise State team that they rank in the top 30 with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. And they're a team that they actually travel well. Home to road, you really don't experience much of a drop-off with this Boise State team. Both of these teams are rather controlled with regards to their tempo as well. Colorado State, they do a good job of being able to put points up on the board. They're only 293rd in the country with regards to possessions per game. So certainly a team that they're looking to slow things down a little bit more. Boise State, I think they're at a little bit more on defense. 
they wind up clocking in actually right around 325th with regards to possessions frame. So they're a little bit slower as well. You may recall this is a rematch of what we wanted seeing from Super Bowl Sunday. That was a game that wanted going to a pair of overtimes. But Kyra State, I think that they should have a little bit of an easier time with it because you've got David Roddy getting rowdy. 19.5 points, 7.5 boards, right around 3 assists. Shoots over 40% from 3-point range now. The only other guy for Colorado State that gives you more than 4.2 rebounds per game, that'd be Chandler Jacobs in that first contest that they wanted playing against Boise State. He had a double-figure amount of points, 8 boards. I think that he could have a nice impact on this game as well. You take a look at Colorado State as well. John Tonjay. He is much better at home than on the road. Guy that shoots overall for the year, right around 41% from three-point range, 10.5 points per contest, but when he is at home, he shoots right around 46% from three-point range, so just a little bit different there. Now, Malayden Armas for this Boise State team. Overall, they will give you right around eight parts per game, but actually grabs a couple more rebounds when he's in true road environment. So I do think that that's a little bit intriguing to take a look at. But with that said, Colorado State, I think that they're going to be able to get the job done. They were able to do so the first time when they wanted going to Boise. It's a Broncos team that is going to have a little bit of revenge on the mind, but there is a difference between having revenge on the mind and actually being able to get revenge. I did wind up saying this total at a 134.5. I do think that Colorado State's efficiency is going to be big. I do think that in the little bit of a strange environment at Fort Collins, Boise State going to have a little bit of a tough time holding up. I do think that this is a game that could wind up coming down to late game following. As I mentioned, Colorado State in the top 10 with regards to free throw shooting percentage. Boise State, they're a bottom 30 team with regards to free throw shooting percentage as they shoot right around 64, 64.5% at the free line. So it is a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the overset at a 134.5 personally. And with this Boise State team, made them a 6.5 point underdog. So only having to lay three here with Colorado State, that is appealing to me. What else is appealing to me? A good old Pac-12 battle. 739, 740 on the bang board. UCLA is going to be playing us to USC. USC is finding themselves anywhere between a 7.5 and an 8-point underdog. Tallest game is anywhere between 136 and 136.5. UCLA is going to be out for blood in this game. It is a team that wound up losing the first time around. That was with Isaiah Mobley getting ruled out at the last minute. And he's really been the heart and soul of this USC team. Been able to give you 13.5 points, 8.5 boards, shooting 38% from three as a 6'10 combo player. But I take a look at this UCLA team, and they were dealing with a little bit of an injury to Johnny Juzang last week. Wound up missing the entirety of pretty much the team's last two contests, so that is a little bit of an issue now. With Johnny Juzang, I think that there's a relatively decent shot that he could wind up going in this game. Guy that's obviously been one of the better sharpshooters in all of college basketball, but you can't figure if he does wind up going in this game that he's going to be fully 100%. That is something that does need to be taken into account, so you do have that. Meanwhile, you do take a look at what you're able to get uh, the rest of the guys for this team. You've been able to have Jaime Alcaz, Jules Bernard, both give you right around 12 points per contest. I think that he's going to be able to do a relatively solid job of being able to get things going in this contest. You've also been able to have a very good year in general out of Tiger Campbell. Tiger Campbell is the guy that gives you right around 11 points per contest with regards to his facilitation. It has been just very top-notch for this team. Four assists, but also shoots 41% from three. Last year, shot more around 25% from distance, so I do think that he's going to be able to do a relatively solid job of being able to give out the ball, and when it comes to what you're able to get out of Miles Johnson down low, he's able to do a good job. Five and a half boards. He's able to give you a block and a half per contest as transferred in from Rutgers, and as big a raise to why UCLA has been one of the most efficient defenses out there in college basketball. The guards points a lot on a per-possession basis. It's a UCLA team that they do rank in the top 25, and with UCLA 
I mentioned it with Tiger Campbell, how good he's been at being able to take care of the ball. With regards to assists on a turnover or assists on a per possession basis, they rank number five in all of college basketball in true road environments. They rank in the top five. They've actually turned the ball over a little bit more at home, ironically enough, but I do think that USC is going to be a hold at bay. You got a pair of guys, Drew Peterson, great name, couple with Boogie Ellis. Both of these guys give you right around 12 or so points per contest. They both shoot in the high 30s from three-point range. You've been able to get some solid rebounding as well out of Chavez Goodwin. Six and a half rebounds per game. USC, I would argue, should be a little bit better on defense with the rebounding. They rank outside the top 40 with regards points a lot on a per-possession basis. Last time these two teams wound up playing, it was a relatively tight game, which was played in the mid-60s. I think that you're going to get something similar here. I did wind up saying my total at a 136, so I'm going to be diving under in this spot with USC. I did wind up making them a six or a six point underdog so we'll take north of six here with usc and i'm going to be taking a look at this total under coming up next we're going to be continuing to take a look at some of these power conference games right here on vsin the sports betting network you're experiencing hoops peterson himself on vsin the sports betting network Before you make your next college basketball bet, be sure to visit Visa.com to check out the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based off of the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. It is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way that VSIN is here year-round to make you a smarter better. Check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VSIN.com. It is a Greg Peterson experience with myself, Greg Peterson. Got two more segments to be able to give you guys as many winners as humanly possible on the betting board for this college basketball Saturday, but have no fear. We've got you covered all day long. I know that our guys, Dave Ross, Wes Reynolds, all those guys, are going to be doing a great job with regards to betting across America. I know that Ben Wilson is going to be on the VEASAN Bet Center later on tonight. He does absolutely amazing work. I believe that, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to be going out to the great state of Michigan and also calling in a little bit of help over there as well. So you've got a lot that's going to be going on on this college basketball Saturday. It's going to be absolutely rambunctious. It is going to be terrific and glad to be a part of it. If you want to missing my DK Nation pick that I want to giving out about, I would say about 90 minutes ago now, have no fear. In the final segment, we're going to be refreshing that for you, but got to stay fresh with everything that we've got on this college basketball Saturday. How about if we wind up heading out to the Pac-12 with 685, 686 on the banking board, Oregon. Hits the road. They're going to be facing off against Washington State. The Cougars are finding themselves a one and a half to a two-point favorite. And your total say we're doing 136 half and 137 and with Washington State. They want to sing them as a four and a half point favorite. You've got a pair of teams that they are not necessarily getting rambunctious with regards to their tempo. Oregon about as mid-tempo of a team in all of college basketball as you're able to get. And this is a Washington State team that they've really been looking to slow things down. They now rank outside of the top 225 with regards to possessions per game. And Washington State has been able to do a good job of it's just the little things. They rank in the top 45 
with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. It's a team that may be able to do a relatively solid job of being able to take care of the ball. Interestingly enough, they turn the ball over a little bit more at home rather than on the road. Right around 18% of their possessions will result in a turnover at home. Meanwhile, 14.4% of their possessions on the road do as well with regards to Oregon. The big thing for the team is that they don't necessarily do a good job of being able to shoot at the free throw line. They shoot as a collective right around 64%. And when it comes to what you've been able to get out of Will Richardson, he's had a pair of zero to two point performances in his last two games. That is not too terrific. He's the top three point shooter for this team. Now, Jacob Young, Davion Harmon, both of these guys, they would give you right around 11 points per contest. Harmon is a guy that's able to shoot in the mid 30s from three point range, but Oregon is not a team that necessarily shoots it terrifically from three point range. I will say with Washington State, it's a bunch that. They shoot right around 33% from three, and they've actually shot it better from three-point range on the road rather than at home. So that has been really interesting to be able to take a look at with Oregon. Don't have a single guy that gives you over six half rebounds per game. That would be Infali Dante, along with what you've been able to get out of Quincy Garrier for about a combined ten and a half rebounds per game. And you get that out of Mohamed Gay, along with Effie Obadiji for this Washington State team as well. With the Cougars, they wound up having one of the more magical covers of all of college basketball this season when they wound up going to Eugene and they played against Oregon. For some of you guys, that brings up very good memories. For others of you, that might bring up a house of horrors memories. But with that said, you've got an Oregon team that been just really intriguing in general to watch them operate. It's a team that now ranks outside of the top 85 with regards points a lot on a per possession basis. A big time massive disappointment for them and Michael Flowers. I think he's going to be the best scorer in this game. A guy that's able to shoot in the high 30s from three-point range. He and Tyrell Ghost Roberts come on shoot about 87% of the free throw line and what you're able to get out of Flowers is right around 14 points per contest. I do think that having to travel to Pullman is a little bit of a rough road trip. I do mind him saying this line at a four and a half as a result. I do think that Washington State going to continue to play their more slow defensive style. Set this total at a 132 and a half. When these two teams wound up meeting up the first time around, neither team was able to get to 65. And I think that it's probably going to be a first to 65 style game wins here. Set this total at 132 and a half. Dive it under. And with Washington State, do mind making them a four and a half point favorite. If you're looking at the top under team in all of college basketball, that would actually reside out west in a little bit of a underappreciated conference, in my opinion. How about if we go 689, 690 on the bang board? UC Irvine. Ian McMillan is a guy that does absolutely terrific work with regards to his betting spear. This is like his favorite team, the Anteaters. And if you want to know what noise an Anteater makes, it is Zot Zot, which... I have no idea if that's actually true or not. They always say that when it comes to their cheer because, I mean, what noise does an anteater make? It's really random, but it's even more random that they've done such a good job with the unders as they hit the road to face off against Kelsey Bakersfield. Bakersfield find themselves an underdog of right in the neighborhood about six points in this spot. And you're finding this total at between a 124 and 124.5. And UC Irvine has been dominant on defense. They rank at the top 25 with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. And Colin Velp has been able to do a great job for this team. 14.5 points, 6.5 boards per game. This is a team that they're just absolutely tenacious on the glass and they know what they are. A team that is a no-nonsense, get-the-ball-inside sort of team with regards to percentage of points that come from made threes. UC Irvine is towards the bottom of all of college basketball, but with UC Irvine, they actually shoot above 77% at the free line. Out of your top four scorers, all of them shoot at least 75% at the charity stripe. You take a look at what this UC Irvine team has been able to do, and they've been able to do a good job down low. Austin Johnson has been able to give you six points. 
six boards and right around two and a half blocks per contest. So he's been able to do a very solid job there. And with UC Irvine, they're a team that they do a good job of not allowing for too many second chances. With regards to opponents' offensive rebound rate, they're one of the better teams there as opponents. They're corralling a miss on right around 25% of their misses in true road games, but you're also going up against a Cal State Bakersfield that they themselves have a little bit of tough time on the glass. You've got one guy in Jordan Elder Davis that gives you more than four and a half boards per game. It's a Bakersfield team that they've been playing at a rather slow tempo, but yet they rank outside the top 360 with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. So leads to sort of a something's got to give scenario with Bakersfield. They just do not shoot it well from three-point range. UC Irvine is one of your best three-point shooting defenses in all of college basketball, while Bakersfield, they're a team that they rank with regards to three-point shooting percentage in the bottom 50 in all of college basketball. That regard, as a matter of fact, it's even worse than that. 358 D1 teams in college basketball, they rank 354th. That is relatively brutal. You've had Dawson Baker be able to give you right around 12 points per contest for the Servine team. It's done a good job of being a little bit of a floor general for this team. So I do think that you're going to get another UC Irvine special with the under. Set my total at a 118.5. When it comes to the Bakersfield team, do you mind if saying them as six at half point underdog as well. So with UC Irvine, seeing them at a six, very appealing. I'm going to be willing to lay it, and I'm going to be willing to take a look at this total under as well. What else I'm going to be willing to take a look at is a battle for supremacy out there in Conference USA. How about if we go 663, 664 on the betting board? Louisiana Tech is going to be in the road. They're going to be facing off against UAB. The Blazers of UAB are a 7.5-point favorite. Totals anywhere between 146 and 147. We've been noticing it with UAB totals. They've just been set to high. UAB has been doing a dominant job on defense. This is a team that they rank in the top 25 with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis because they do a good job of generating steals. Just below 10 per contest, Quan Jackson has really been able to lead that charge with right around 2.3 blocks per contest. And then you've been able to have just a team in general that has a lot of guys knowing the role. Trey Jamison, 7-footer, that winds coming in from Clemson. He has been absolutely terrific for this bunch as he's been able to give you right around 7.5 boards, a block and a half per contest. I will say for UAB, big reason why their totals have been probably set so high. They rank 26th in the country with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis with 11.8 points more per one or whenever they are at home rather than on the road. We got a Louisiana Tech team that you do have Keeson Willis, who out there in the backcourt has been able to give you right around 12 points per contest. Shoots a well from three-point range along with Omari Archibald. He gives you 13 points per contest. Both of these guys shoot in the high 30s from three-point range. Louisiana Tech in general, their team that they rank 56th in the country with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis. Kenny Lofton, I mean, he's a guy that he looks rather unathletic, but he's deceptively good at being able to provide for this team. 18 and a half points, a little bit over a block, 11 rebounds per game. I absolutely love what he's able to bring to the table, but this is a UAB team that they've really been able to find their stride on defense, and they're just a more dominant team in general on defense at home as well. 12 and a half or 11 and a half points fewer per one hour possessions, give it up at home rather than on the road, and for Louisiana Tech, they're a little bit of a top-heavy team as well. You were expecting Isaiah Crawford to have a big year. Wanted playing in just three games this season. Then his season wound up getting ended there. So that's a little bit of an issue. 
Got a Louisiana Tech team that they do a good job of being able to take care of the ball. They only throw the ball over right around 11 and a half times for contest, so it does turn into a situation of something's got to give because UAB is one of the best teams at being able to force turnovers with regards to turnovers forced on a per-possession basis. It's a UAB team that they rank 25th in all of college basketball. They force a turnover on 22% of their possessions when they are at home. Meanwhile, Louisiana Tech, they're not as much of a stifling defense with that regard. Louisiana Tech, they rank more around 120th in this category. I do think the Louisiana Tech going to have a tough time being a bust through against this UAB team. Eight is the max I'd be willing to lay here with UAB. I do think the UAB's under streak is going to be staying going as well. Set this all at 142. I'm diving under. I'm with UAB. I'm going to be willing to lay the points. We've got one segment left here of the Greg Peterson experience. Coming up next, going to try to give you guys just everything that I like on the college basketball betting board. Could be impossible, but we're going to do our best. Also going to be refreshing my DK Nation pick for this big college basketball Saturday right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Play free hoops for a share of $40,000 this March with Xfinity Unbeatable Power Picks. Connect to connect to the cash with winning picks against the spread in the pool of eight free-to-play pools and compete for your share of $5,000 in every single pool. Head over to DraftKings.com slash Xfinity Power Picks now to join in on the X on the action xfinity stream basketball and more basketball with street with speeds faster than a gig terms and condition and other eligibility restrictions do apply see draftkings.com for details as it's the final segment of the greg peterson experience right here on vcin the sports betting network as we've got a big giant slate of college basketball today 105 picks we got you covered all day long i'm pretty much Bant leadoff here all throughout the day here on VSIN. We've got everything that you need with regards to your college basketball Saturday and next. We've got a lot of college basketball action that's going to be coming up in the next few weeks. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And I give out one pick every single day for DK Nation. And I've only got time for one right up or else we would have a little bit more probably because, as we know, I like to go a little bit more volume. But with that said, today's write-up, we wound up going 
Seton Creighton. This is 643, 644 on the betting board. You got yourself Creighton, who's finding themselves anywhere between a pickup to a one-point favorite. And your total, it is toggling a little bit. Right now, you're seeing at DraftKings a 133.5. Really, that's the low point of the market because pretty much out here in Las Vegas, I'm seeing a lot of 135 and a half. And at the 135 and a half, I'm going to be willing to take a look at the under. I want to say my total of 134 would certainly much rather have a 135 and a half under rather than a 133 and a half over because it's a crane team that they're in a little bit of transition. Ryan Nemar, the top point guard for the team, was able to give out four assists per contest. He is now out of the fold. He wound up getting injured in that St. John's game. So, Creighton without him, they've been having a little bit of a tough time with their offense. They wound up scoring a grand total of 115 points in their last two games without him. So I do think that it's going to be a little bit of tough sledding for them. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Seton Hall team, and Seton Hall has been able to do a very solid job with Jared Rowan. We give you 15 points, seven boards per contest. So I think that he's going to be able to do a nice job. And you got a Pirates team that has been able to win each out of their last four games. And they do a great job of being able to get second chances. They get a rebound on about 32% of their misses. And it's 35th in all of college basketball. Going to be going up against the Ryans. Ryan Hawkins, Ryan Kalkbrenner. Kalkbrenner down low for Creighton has been able to give you right in the neighborhood of about two and a half blocks per contest. These two guys combined to be able to give you 29 points per game. But it's also a Creighton team that they just don't shoot it well from three-point range. It's a Creighton team as unlike any that we've seen before. They are 3rd in the country with regards to three-point shooting percentage. And they have to try to get the ball inside against a Seton Hall team that with regards to percentage of shots that they see that they block, they rank in the top 15 in all of college basketball. That's because you've got Aiko Biagu. He's been able to give this team more blocks than points this year with over three blocks per contest. Has been very dominant. Alexis Yetnas has been able to do a good job on the glass. Kadari Richmond, a little bit of a Swiss Army knife guy that does it all. Nine points, four assists, shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. Gives you a couple boards. I absolutely love his overall game. Creighton, 339th in the country with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis when they are at home as well. That is not good when you wind up losing your point guard. So that's even worse. Alex O'Connell is able to give you right around 14 points per contest. Shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. But it's either going to be he or Trey Alexander. They're going to be taking over the reins at the point guard spot. Both of these guys in the two games without Nemart have five assists apiece. It seems like they're trying to do it a little bit by committee. And, well, they have not been able to do a good job of doing it by committee. So that is a little bit of an issue. I do think that Seton Hall should have a relatively good leg up here. The DK Nation pick that I'm going to be giving out is Seton Hall. I officially just gave out the money line because we're seeing them anywhere between a pick them to a one-point favorite. If it does wind up being Seton Hall laying a point, point half, very comfortable laying the very small number here with Seton because I do think that they should be able to get the job done rather comfortably. I did mind seeing them as a three-point favorite. Seton has been able to travel relatively well all season long. And for Crane, I just think that the loss of Ryan Nemmer is going to be very costly for this team. Did mind saying my total at a 134. So anything north of a 134, we'll take a look at the under. And when it comes to Seton Hall team, did wind up making them the DK Nation pick. I set them as a three-point favorite, so we'll take them as a money line underdog slash as a pick -em. We've also got a few other games for this college basketball Saturday to get you to before we wind up wrapping up as it's going to be an absolutely terrific card. And we've got a lot of good games that are going to be happening out west. I do think that this Utah versus Colorado game is very intriguing. How about if we go 737, 738, Utah's finding themselves a two-point favorite. Don's game is anywhere between 139 and 139 and a half. With Utah, I do feel like 
they're a little bit of a Medusa of college basketball because they wound up dealing with quite a few injuries slash in appendicitis with their top guy in Brendan Carlson. Carlson is a guy that's saying seven feet tall, doesn't necessarily shoot threes at a necessarily terrific clip, but I mean, he's a guy that's saying seven feet tall that's able to give you a block and a half for contest and he's able to shoot threes. So that's relatively solid with regards to this Utah team. They're a team that they just don't force any turnovers whatsoever. With regards to turnovers force on a per-possession basis out of your 358 D1 teams, Utah is a team that they rank right in the neighborhood at 332nd, but also got a Colorado team that they don't force a lot of steals either, and Colorado has a bad time being able to take care of the ball. 14 turnovers a game, that's not great. Now, Jabari Walker is the son of Smocky Walker, and he's been terrific for this Colorado team. 14 points, nine boards per game. On the road at six foot nine. he shoots over 35% from three. Colorado's been a team that has shot better from three-point range in conference rather than out of conference. Colorado has a guy in Tristan De Silva who stands right around six foot tennis. He's been able to shoot in the mid-30s from three-point range. He wound up being out of the fold for a few games for Colorado this season. He's been able to come back. He's been able to do a relatively solid job. Colorado is a team that when it comes to just conference play and conference play only, they'll be able to shoot 37.5% from three. That's actually the best out there in the Pac-12. This is also a team that they generate the fewest offensive rebounds of any team out there in the Pac-12 as well. With right around nine per contest. Been able to have Evan Batty do a solid job. 11.5 points. Shooting 50% from three-point range on right around 2.1 three-point shots per contest. But do take a look at Utah as well. David Jenkins, this guy that shoots right around 38% for three. He's been able to give you nine points per contest. Marco Anthony, the transfer from Virginia, along with... Utah State. So we'll give you nine points, seven awards. Love what he's able to bring to the table for the team. And Lavar Stefanovic. So we'll give you seven and a half points per contest. He's a guy that from three-point range could be a little bit intriguing and has fallen into a little bit of swoon there, Brett. He's able to shoot right around 82% in the free throw. And when it comes down to it, this is a Utah team that among your toxic scores, Five of them shoot at least 80% the free line. Utah is a team that has a collective. They shoot 77.5% at the charity start that is in the top 20 in all of college basketball. Neither of these teams are necessarily too terrific on the last, but I do think that Carlson could be able to win out in this spot with his Utah team. I do think that their home court is going to prove to be very, very important in this spot. You've got a Colorado team that they themselves know all too well about that. It's a situation which I do mind saying Utah as a two and a half point favorite. Two and a half is the max I'd be willing to lay. So here at two, we are in on them. Set the total at 135 and a half. I think that both of these teams are going to be playing at a rather controlled tempo. Both of these teams outside the top 200 with regards to possessions per game. So I'm diving under and I'm going to be willing to lay the deuce here when it comes to Utah. We got one more game before we wind up getting out. I think that we're going to get a good one out there in the SoCon as we go 755-756. Samford is going to be playing against UNC Greensboro. We head out to Asheville, North Carolina for this one as Greensboro finds themselves a two-point favorite. Total on this game is saying between 133.5 and 134. Greensboro has been just a badly overrated team. It's a team that I have not been in on. Their coach is Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones, a guy that winds up coming in from right for a day. I mean, I like him as a coach, but he just doesn't have the pieces this year. You've got a guy in Devontae Buckingham who's having to do everything. 12 and a half points, eight and a half boards, shoots over 40% from three-point range, 1.7 steals per contest. But Greensboro turns the ball for 13 and a half times per contest. They only get right around six and a half steals per game, so got a big-time issue there. Meanwhile, you take a look at what you're able to get out of the Sanford team. They generate right around eight steals per game. You do have a pair of guys in Jeremy Marshall along with Logan Dye who would be able to combine for 
about 14 rebounds per game. Both of these guys give you double figures. And then Quez Glover has been the top player for this team. Comes in from Florida. Has been able to give you right around 19 points per contest. Guy that doesn't necessarily shoot it well from three-point range. Same for this collective. They shoot right around 33% from three-point range. But I think that they should be able to do a solid job in this spot. You've got a Greensboro team that they do a good job of being able to slow things down. With regards to possessions per game, this is one of your lesser teams out there in all of college basketball. They rank 346, uh, 358 D1 teams. Sanford, they're looking to bump up the tempo a little bit more. This is a team that they rank a little bit closer to 80th with regards to possessions per game. But with the Sanford team, they've been able to do a good job of being able to rein things in a little bit more with the turnovers. Bass Lighty for UNC Greensboro has been able to do a solid job being able to give you right around nine points, right around five and a half boards per game. But Muhammad Abdul Salam, a guy that for Greensboro last year, was able to give you right around seven boards per game. He has experienced quite a fall with right around four and a half rebounds per game. Greensboro is really the worst team with regards to three-point shooting percentage in this entire conference. It's a team that they haven't necessarily been able to get the job done at the free line either. There's not necessarily a whole lot of redeeming qualities with this team. So with Sanford, I did wind up making them the two-point favorite, so I'm going to be willing to take them as a money line underdog. I do think that things are going to be a little bit controlled with this game. Did wind up setting my total at a 133.5. So here at 134, willing to dive under and willing to take Sanford on the money line. And something that I'm always willing to take. Great content with me. VSIN, we've got you covered all day long on what is going to be a rambunctious day of college basketball. So keep it locked here to the Sports Bank Network, VSIN. Check. 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 At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.